Welcome to the Supreme Bohemes podcast, where we embody a supreme energy while maintaining a bohemian lifestyle. My name is Tayesian. And my name is Mallory. And thank you all for coming back. And for new listeners, thank you for listening for the first time. Also, thank you all for all your love and support we've been getting on the recent um, podcast episodes and on our social media. Thank you so much. We really appreciate all the engagement that you've been giving giving us. Definitely. Thank you. We heavily appreciate that. Um, We're going to get right into it with the Get to Know You segment. Uh, The first question we have is, what was the last thing to make you feel happy? The last thing that made me happy was uh, the dinner me and my sister made for Sunday dinner today. Okay. Um, I made mac and cheese, nice old southern baked macaroni and cheese, Mm. and my sister made some ribs, some barbecue ribs, and we did the Carolina ribs. It was so fucking good and i was just dancing around the house i was so happy that's what that's what food have you doing it really do like you really gotta eat good it mean it just makes a big difference i know some of y'all like oh you don't eat pork oh i understand it used to be vegetarian but that's y'all business my business it made me feel good (laughs) no i get that i get that um Something that makes something that the last thing that made me feel happy. The very last thing, girl. I would probably say listening to Marie Dahlstrom today while I was doing chip orders. Marie Dahlstrom, yeah, you told me about her yesterday. Tell the people about her. Okay, so Marie Dahlstrom is a Danish, I would say R&B soul singer, and she her words really speak to me in a way that I, it evokes emotion. I cry. I like, I don't know what, I don't know if it's her calm voice or just like, I really feel like she records with like a live band or something. Definitely. Mm, Um, That makes it all the better for me. Yes. (laughs) And her words, they're not, it's not just like, I love you music. It's like, speaking into my soul like mm, type yeah and it's the most beautiful thing in the world because i can relate to that so it's just like that's the last thing that made me feel really happy to the point that i was in the brink of tears oh yeah mm. and i had um really really good vegan brunch today i saw it on your instagram yeah yes. it looked good it was delicious where and- you got it from um, it's called a uh, kale cafe. It's a oh, black the, vegan the spot. Classic, the iconic Daytona. Uh, yes, kale legends. Cafe. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> legends. Um, I'm not too familiar with vegan food. I will not act like I can't. Every time I come in there, I don't even know what I'm looking at. They have to tell me, but I just pick, and it was just delicious. I love yeah, it. Yeah, their food is really good. Um, I hope they like get some more vegan spots in Daytona too, because like mm-hmm. that's probably like the number one, and it's like a little Caribbean vibe in there too. Yes, yeah, I love it. I love it. So that's that's the last thing that had me happy. Um, on to the next question: What keeps you optimistic? Um, what keeps me optimistic? I think is just surrounding myself with beauty. In different forms, like I feel like what's around you really motivates you, or doesn't mo- motivate you, or makes you happy, makes you sad, makes you feel mm-hmm. stagnant. And for me, I like to like 
constantly rearrange my space so it keeps me feeling like um like movement it keeps me feeling like um just not stale not stagnant I just feel Mm -hmm. like being surrounded by beauty and my plants and my decor and the the sunlight coming in the energy of me and my sister um in the the specific relationships that I do tend to right now those things keep me optimistic because beauty when you find beauty and sweetness in the simple things in life it makes you appreciate and it makes you look forward to more of that more of that beauty so for me it's just the beauty around me that keeps me optimistic okay well for me uh I would say music definitely keeps me optimistic like Mm -hmm. I listen to I pretty much have Apple Music on shuffle every day. It gets me through the day. It brings me back to nostalgic moments and it like keeps me going. So mm-hmm. I would definitely say music. Um a lot of the like um mental health podcasts mm-hmm. they they keep me optimistic cuz sometimes I feel like when I'm going through like certain conflict or issues in my mental health Sometimes I, sometimes I could, even though I know it's not true, I could feel like the only person in the world going through it. So I like the, I like using that as a resource. Now, granted, I have my own therapist, so it's not like my only form, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a source. It kind of just reminds me that like I'm not alone in anything that I'm going through, which is That's super, good. super liberating. Yeah, that's good. So I think now let's go to the segment that I feel like is becoming y'all's favorite. What no, we do. Like y'all really be killing it in the comments. And it it the the responses are so thoughtful and it's just like y'all need to be on the podcast with us. <laughs> but let's let's hear this tweet because okay. it's very interesting. So um this tweet is by at Cine Sinatra and she said I don't know who needs to hear this, but black people that fall into stereotypes don't make us look bad. Mm, drop mm. mic. Drop y'all, mic. Y'all let that sink in. I'm going to read it again. Listen now. I don't know who needs to hear this, but black people that fall into stereotypes don't make us look bad. Mm. Girl, what you think? What you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> um... It's weird to say, but I'm really on the fence of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it on one side, I feel like it's very valid. Especially, like, per, for me personally, like, pertaining to white people, I hate when people are like, yeah, we look bad. Y'all doing this all in front of these white people. I don't like stuff like that. You know, I definitely feel like, okay, so. <laughs> like, right. they, there's so many other things my that mama. they have, have historically done and things that are currently happening where... Yeah, no, we're not doing. They that. are not the example, baby. They are the <laughs> they're not the standard at all. <laughs> but I do think on the other side, I question that. I question that because I guess I feel like I I want to ask like, look bad to who? Like, look bad to us as like black people looking at other black people, or like. What do you think she but meant? Stereo- by that? Yeah, because stereotypes are created about specific groups of people to mm-hmm. define that group. And they're always negative. Well, not always, but mo- mostly they're negative stereotypes created to 
um, oppress and, you know, kind of just mm-hmm. defame that group of people. So obviously the stereotype is about black people being a certain way versus other races. It's always black people are this in a negative way versus uh, white or Indian or Hispanic or whatever mm-hmm. other race is being compared to. So I, it's just basically um, a stereotype about our race being compared to other races or being okay. looked at by other races. Because I'm going to be honest that your explanation helped with it um, because that wasn't very clear to me in the tweet. Because she, yeah. yeah, she didn't yeah. say among other stereotypes or versus how we see each other. So that's why I asked that because I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, for me, I have, you know, initially, not initially, but before when I was a bit younger, I did mm. used to look at what if black people are doing some ratchet ghetto shit or I used to be like, damn, like that's making us look bad. Y'all giving them a reason. And that's the stupidest thing to say. Yeah, that's now that I know that I understand how stereotypes work and I understand how race relations actually are created to divide us and to mm. um, further just continue the system i realize that it's it's important to not even subscribe to stereotypes in any kind of way as far as letting them validate someone's experience or define someone someone's experience because what race does and what uh, racism does is make the individual make you not an individual you're a representative of your race and that Mm -hmm. is just so fucking oppressive like you can't be an individual you always have to have the burden of your race on your shoulders that's the liberty that that's a liberty that we don't have in in this society right now but it's something that we should have and we should start reframing it and saying that we're not all a representative of of our race and no one is a representative of their their race because we're all individuals all black people aren't the same and Mm -hmm. all indian people aren't the same all mexican people all uh pakistani people all every no one's not the same yes there's certain things that we we have in common but these negative stereotypes are just divisive so i feel like i agree with what she said like that don't have nothing to do with me what they choose to do and ratchet and ghetto is not attached to a race it's mm-hmm. not attached to a race. That's a that mindset. Is true. That's a mindset. That is true. Anybody could be ratchet. Anybody could be ghetto. Anybody could be like that. Anyone it's a mindset. A nigga. <laughs> exactly. Because nigga don't say black person. That it's is a true. Mentality. It's an ignorant person. So anybody could be that. The but only I- thing that I would challenge it with, if I'm going to be completely honest, is just in the media. Because sometimes I feel like when it does, when it comes to the media, that's all they do promote. Is you have to play that media game. It, when it, when you're talking about... That's what makes it sticky because the press and the media creates a narrative that ultimately becomes truth in the eyes of society. And when you're trying to fight certain battles or gain certain rights or, um, I guess, raise awareness about a movement... Mm-hmm. It's important to look like a united front and it's important to look respectable and be respectable. But when you start it, when you start playing that game, you only buy into the system and you only keep that system going instead of un, instead of explaining that these terms are not terms that we should be abiding by because this these terms are only focused on the system which we're trying to get out of. We can't even use this stereotypical terminology 
to mm-hmm. define us because we only buy into the system that created it. So I feel like that is true. But when I said to... that, when I said that, I'm referring more to like showing different because you just said it like there's different types of black people. We're not all the same. I just wish that in the media that was portrayed more Oh yeah, to that's... give it more representation because right. representation clearly is something that does count and is definitely influential in society so right that's what that's what i meant by that like, wh- like yeah but that's more... like a completely different conversation though because it's like she's saying we shouldn't like these stereotypes don't represent us they don't make us look bad but you're saying we should have more representation of all types of black people or or multiple types of black people. Yeah, I was adding to it. I'm not taking away anything she's saying. I'm adding to the conversation. Absolutely, yeah. I do. I agree uh, wholeheartedly with that. But I don't know what y'all think. I feel like, child, you know, we have to be okay with being individuals, and we have to have that human right, just like everybody else should have that human right. White men don't have to represent all white men when they walk into a room. They can be individuals. They can have different interests. They can be free. They can be gay and not be held to the fire for it. All of these different things. But black men have to move in a different way, and if we keep moving like that, then we're going to keep reinforcing these stereotypes and staying Mm. within the system. Yeah, so... All right. I think um, it was a good tweet, though. It, it is. Definitely was I a really want to know what they got to say. I want to know what other people definitely think about that because it is something that there. There's a lot of truth to that. I just wish that it that when it comes to the media, there's more representation as far as variety when it comes to black people specifically. Right. Yeah. I get it. All right. So on to the next segment, Inner Supreme. Um, we are going to discuss the winning topic. And I mean, when I say winning, it wasn't even like by no, a, no <laughs> neck or neck. Like, y'all, I think it was like 12 votes to like four votes and then one vote. So it was like, y'all killed it for this one. Yeah. Um, but we're discussing black humor as a coping mechanism. And we're going to speak on it in form of how we uh, how we use that type of coping mechanism, why it exists, how it is beneficial, and how it also can be to our demise. So yeah. let's start the conversation with that. So Tay, what are your thoughts on Black humor in pertaining to like your life? I think for me, um, I use humor a lot to mm-hmm. cope um, with negative situations because I do feel like laughter is cliche, but laughter really is medicine. Um, I feel so much better when I can laugh about something. I'm, I may not necessarily have to laugh about the negative situation I'm going through, mm-hmm. but just focusing on something else. It's kind of like a um, it's obviously a defense, but it's kind of like a slight avoidance of it. Um, I I take my mind off of the negative by just finding something to laugh about. Like I joke all day, mm. I play all day. Like I feel like that's the inner child in me, and I love that about myself. Um, but for me, I I know what to joke about, and I know what not to joke about. Like I feel like um you can't laugh at everything because some shit is just not funny, and some right. stuff is not a laughing matter. And I think 
with me, it's just I don't laugh about the crazy shit, the the wild shit that's going on. I laugh about something else that's laughable. Right. <laughs> like I don't like if if people are dying in Ethiopia, I'm not laughing. I'm not finding a joke. A in joke. That. You know what I'm saying? I can like, see somebody doing that. Shit that. Is stupid, and I and that's what pisses me off. Um, with this black humorous coping mechanism, what I've seen on social media, and I know we're gonna talk about that later. Yeah, but, we're gonna get to it. Um, yeah. For me, it's just laughing about something else that's actually funny and finding joy in in my life in any kind of way, like trying to make sure that I'm not. Um, harboring so much hate or animosity or anxiety or anything like that. Okay. So from my side, uh, when it comes to black humor as do you use it, it as a coping mechanism? I don't use it. I don't think I use it as much as you do, honestly, but mm-hmm. I do feel like I do have a form of it. My humor is a little a little more dark, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of dry humor. Um but I tend to use the humor when I feel like a situation is a little awkward or yeah. I feel like, you know, like kind of trying to break the ice, you know, yeah. um, I use it in like, I try to use it in, honestly, I'm, I'm a spicy person. So a lot of my humor <laughs> it has sass to it. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it's on some, like, low-key, like, Helga type stuff. But, oh, shit. <laughs> but, it, but it makes... I laugh and it makes everybody else laugh, but it's an example. Let me give an example because not going to make sense the way I'm describing it. So, for an example, I, I'm leaving work, right? My coworker, you know, they're like, you know, oh, bye, see you, see everybody tomorrow. And Mallory, are you going to come in tomorrow? And I'll be like, nope. And then that will make everyone laugh. I don't know why. It's my spice. It Maybe it's because <laughs> I'm so, like, sarcastic, mm-hmm. you know, that, like, makes people laugh, you know, or whatever. But that's my form. That's, a, that's an example of my humor. My humor is very, like, dry very uh curb enthusiasm meets <laughs> Issa Rae. it's very like dry humor um but I tend to use it in those type of situations or if I just need a good laugh I go I just scroll on Instagram you know right, you can um, always find something humor is like it is like you said it is cliche but it's definitely a medicine Mm-hmm. Because we we really life period you just go through a lot of shit especially as a black person in America, so I do think in saying that there are some things that we tend to laugh about that you know we just gonna get jump right into it that mm-hmm. is not funny example, um Megan the Stallion got shot it was mad memes with that that was not funny to me Mm-mm. um the whole uh stimulus mind you joe i was about to say joe button joe biden (laughs) (laughs) um you know had one stimulus distribution and we just coined it money bag joe and we just really praised and joked of uh when it came to this oppressor and it's just like stuff like that is not funny to me because it's like it's like you're making a joke, but you're also championing someone that basically told us we're not black if we don't vote for him. So, 
Right, right. <laughs> I do. Yeah, like we just find the oddest times to joke about shit, and yeah, it's always at not always, but so likely at the expense of other people. And um, you really see it bad on Twitter and on Facebook, Ooh, pl- yes. places where there's dialogue, like. Obviously, on Instagram, you're going to see more memes than anything, but where there's dialogue, you really can see how nasty people can be mm-hmm. over serious matters um, that happen to people or groups of people. Yeah, rape. It's so many things. I'm, I'm like, my mind kind of got blank, but I'm glad you brought up the Megan Thee Stallion thing because that actually, for me, I just felt like as a black woman, like that kind of hurts, even though it didn't happen to you, it didn't happen to me. It just hurts to see that how many, me. yeah, how many people like how like how people can really see someone going through someone something a black woman how we're not afforded that luxury of being the actual victim when we are the victim, especially uh, got, when know, it's especially specifically when it comes to a certain type of black woman. Right. Megan Stallion is definitely an alpha woman. She's definitely someone who is very dominant boss bitch mentality type Mm -hmm. chick and it was almost like it was exciting for some people to see her fall and it she was like treated she was kind of treated like a nigga who got shot down the street as opposed to a black woman in a domestic violence situation so Mm -hmm. you know um yeah i mean we want to take it further for real for real we want to go there with it because we can um, you know, I remember in high school it was a lot of jokes with the Chris Brown and Rihanna situation. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Snap, um, Snapchat recently fucking, which is why I stopped using Snapchat. They wrapped that shit up um, in a like, you know how they all have those little articles, but they will be like snap articles. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember exactly how they brought up because it was a couple years ago, but basically they brought up her and Chris Brown fighting and they used it in a form of a joke to kind of like, kind of like some type of clickbait type of situation. And Rihanna was like, that's not like joking about domestic violence is not, not cool. I will not be using the app no more. They stock went down. Like that was the decline of Snapchat before that. I don't really keep up with people were talking about Kylie Jenner had stopped using or something. And then uh-huh. Rihanna did, and she said that. And then after that, that's that started the decline of Snapchat. And then last year, what they did last year with the whole um, Juneteenth, where it was a filter where if you smiled, there was chains breaking, and it said Juneteenth. Yeah, like Ooh, that's Lord. crazy. That's even even uh, it's kind of necessarily humor, but it seems like it's kind of it could be humor. Mm-hmm. The boy from Fam U. Um, some dude for family he was graduating and I guess it was a performance art piece and people were laughing about it but he was dressed up like a slave in one picture and then it was him getting his graduation um, you know his graduation photos and it was just like this is not even this ain't funny this ain't this is not smart to do this is not cute <laughs> this don't make sense like yeah. you were not ever a slave <laughs> So yeah, you don't even met, I ain't even going to lie to you, Tay, because this stupid. transparency, I laughed because it was stupid. <laughs> like, I was just like, wait, you doing a water fountain? And then, oh my God. Like, that I laughed because dumb. it was dumb. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, it's so many jokes about slavery. 
Ooh, like yes. it's like slavery yeah. is made a joke. Like it's yeah. been like that for decades. Like comedians joke about that shit. Everybody jokes about slavery. Not everybody, yeah. but a lot of people joke about slavery as, as if it was just like, oh, we went through slavery for five years. Yeah. It was some, and it, bitch, that was for centuries. Like, what the fuck mm-hmm. are you talking about? And I, that's why, like, I, I can't even laugh at it. It's, it didn't even garner any laughter from me because I take that so serious. But I understand mm-hmm. you said it was stupid. So, like, yeah. you know, something stupid you're going to laugh. That was random. Like, everyone... Was- has dope graduation pics and then I scroll down the timeline and I see this shit. Like, it's just, you know, people trying to do shit for shock factor. And oh it's like, God. come on, sir. I'm tired but it's of the just so shit. much people, it's just so much people do, people laugh mm-hmm. about um, on socials and it's just, some of the shit is really not funny. Like, I do think, like, a good example of the laughter is when we started creating all, like, black people actually did this. We started creating all them different names for the pandemic, and then it kept, it caught on with all the others. And then now the companies, as everything does, <laughs> the companies start using it, and you know, then it just becomes like normal, mainstream. But black people started creating all of these names for the pandemic, and I think that was funny because we were all going through it. It just made the situation, you know, you it was us making light of the situation in a way that was like comforting for all of us yeah. instead of like you really have to think about how scary this pandemic is that was a good one I think that was like a communal um, black humor joke that actually made sense and it wasn't um, offensive in my you know opinion. what I actually want to add to it as well I also have black humor when I'm frustrated or I, or I feel like something is dumb. Kind of what we just explained, but an example that immediately came to mind was when uh, last year, when the the uh, Democrats, they did like the Kensei cloth and went on one knee. And I'm like, why are y'all doing that? Like, I like laughed, but I was like frustrated with, because it's like, mm-hmm. we don't need that. We don't need white people with Kensei cloth on on their on their knees for eight months or something like that, and I'm right. just like that was a fucking that was joke. Really, it really was a that joke. was a joke. Like you gotta be kidding me. Like they could have kept that <laughs> for real. They could have kept <laughs> and that they too. got tore and up it was for that. a joke. And that was funny. It was funny. Like I'm sorry that shit. That, <laughs> that was look, funny. That was funny. Like because it, they obviously were a joke. Like. The fuck is you talking about? We like, need more than that. <laughs> we need like, more than that. Like what? Ooh, and we don't like even know where tribe that come from. Like that's just the most fucking basic fucking that type of cloth you claw. Like oh my god, try harder. <laughs> oh my god, just the thought of that is crazy. What's but... some other stuff that like happened? That I would definitely say, like. I think also black humor, we laugh at like cringy situations because <laughs> that was I cringy. Think because our, you know, I think historically it's because mm-hmm. we've had to laugh and we've had to have, have to find joy like in our homes. Like I just mm-hmm. speaking from like living in a country ass household, like mm-hmm. you know, my my people were uh, sharecroppers. Um, my my mom did that. Like it was even it was that. I'm not even removed from it, basically, like sharecroppers, farmers. And they had it hard. You know, they had it hard, yeah. but 
Yeah. They always, it was always some type of humor going on, always some loud laughter, always something and finding like, you know, it's so much stuff yeah. you hear constantly devastating as a black per- person that's going on. I could just think about it as a child coming up to now and finding humor was just something that made us all feel better. Like laughing together. It was just that, like you said, it broke, it breaks the ice. It makes you feel human. Like. I just love it but you know what it also reminds me of and I don't know if you're familiar with this but we we could talk about it um are you familiar with Hi John Hi John what is that Mm -hmm. Hi John the Conqueror no Mm -mm. okay so basically and I'll be very like brief with my description of him um because I'm also, like, looking it up to make sure I have my facts straight when I talk about John. But basically, um, according to CurioCharlotte.com, John is believed to be the captured son of an African king. As a slave, he was an inspiration to other slaves because he was never subservient. He was exceptionally skilled at making a fool of his owner. His reputation mm. was so great that the folklorist Harry Middleton Hyatt indicates merely reciting the words John over John is a powerful spell for magical protection against being hoodooed. Mm. And basically now, you know, we have the high John root, which a lot of people who uh, practice ATR, they're very familiar with the high John root. Um, but high John spirit is built off of laughter for black people when it comes to any type of oppression I love that Mm, I just kind of got ooh I just felt something that's nice like that's something that's like there's an actual high john root and there's a there's even a kind of a practice that you would do it's a high john success ritual but you know I know for a fact just you know, learning more about ATRs, ATRs, African traditional religion. Um, you know, a lot of spiritualists who are non-black use Hijan a lot, but really Hijan is for us. Like mm. when we were being whipped <laughs> and, you know, we needed a pick-me-up, the spirit of Hijan was there to uplift our ancestors, you know? I love that. So I, I really feel like High John is when I think of the black humor and coping mechanism from the memes, especially the memes when it comes to conversations of race, that's a form of High John being present. It's sure. like I'm not gonna let you can do all of these things to me, but you really I'm not gonna let you. I'm gonna You're not gonna kill you. my spirit. You're not gonna, You're kill, not gonna kill, my kill my joy. Yeah. It's just so interesting how black people can turn stuff around, like, and make it go, like, make it better, make it, like, yeah, we do. Sometimes our our humor is morbid, and it's a little, like, Mm -hmm. come on, y'all, be serious about something. But it's just so magical how we can, like, and and it's something can immediately happen, and in, like, seconds, you already see a meme. You already Mm -hmm. see uh, tweets about it, and it's like, how do these people think of this? Yeah. It's just in us, and it's something. It's just about our. It's just our ancestral, ancestral 
lineage that's just in us. And I'm glad you brought up that high John because that's something I want to even look into. I never even knew about that. Yeah, it, you know, high John is an actual root, but mm-hmm. I remembered, you know, learning about that in different podcasts like the Juju Bay podcast. I love her. I haven't heard episode in a while, but I was locked in like last fall. I was locked in hard on mm-hmm. her and I learned so I learned like a lot of different things. Some things stuck with me. Some things I'm like, oh, that's not really in alignment of who I am. But High John is definitely something that I encourage all black people to at least research. Yeah. Because when we speak of just the the, the spirit of laughter and how we use it so much especially pertaining specifically to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Read about High John. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I feel like, you know, all in all, Black humor as a coping mechanism is something that we need, but we have to also learn to put a boundary on it because not everything is funny. Somebody getting their head you know, busted wide open to the white meat. That is not funny information. <laughs> information is mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But you know, if somebody fall, I'm laughing. I ain't gonna lie. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna laugh. depend how they gonna fall too. Like, oh yeah, I'm all over. I'm it. laughing. <laughs> but we have to really put a boundary on our humor because it could. I don't know. I just feel like we would. We're just gonna. We just. It, it's. It can be divisive. Yeah, and so. it just it's hard to take um, certain people seriously when they laugh at certain things. So, yeah. I love how you wrapped that up. That was real good. Let's go ahead and move into our five to nine segment. Mm-hmm. We are honoring another educator. This week we're honoring or yes. highlighting Makila Harris. Makila is an elementary school teacher and she is literally like a three-time business owner like three businesses talk about like multiple streams of income y'all know that's like a big old hot topic in the financial world Mm -hmm. right now yes um so i really think she is the personification of a multi-hyphenate because all of her businesses are different but i really think like the i guess the um the thread that aligns them all is kind of like personal liberation and self-love. So let mm. me tell y'all a little bit about her. So her first business, well, let me just tell you all three. She has Blush Boutique Plus, which is a plus-size boutique that um, sells fashion caters to plus-size women. She has True Beauty Wigs, which is a wig company, and they offer, you know, wig services and wig-making classes. And mm. she has, she's a bedroom candy consultant. So let me tell you a little bit about Blush um, Boutique. She said that she created this for all the curvy women to show that plus size can be sexy too. So, you know, she's tall like me. She's a tall girl. She's a pretty girl and curvy. And a lot of times, if you know tall women, it's really hard to find clothes that, i.e., that one fit you and that are long enough to actually do what they're supposed to do on your body. So her clothes cater to that. Um, and now her true beauty wigs, they specialize in custom wigs that are tailored to you. So she makes custom wigs, not just the wigs that you buy and they're, you know, mass produced. She customizes them for you, um, colors them and she offers wig classes. 
And then lastly, as a bedroom candy boutique consultant, her mission is to educate women about self-care, beauty, mm. and intimacy. And she said all of these components will help unlock new avenues to intimate connections. I know that's right, girl. I love because that. Because we all want to feel intimate and connected. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. So I'm going to give you just the Instagram. However, the Instagrams, Facebooks, emails, websites, all of that will be listed. That's just a little bit too much for me to say. So I'm going to give you the Instagram of all three of them. But you can find all of the Instagram and all the social information in the description box on the podcast episode. So the Instagram for Blush Boutiques is blush underscore boutique plus. The Facebook is blush boutique plus. And her um, wig Instagram is true underscore beauty wigs. That's true underscore beauty wigs. And lastly, um, her bedroom candy. She has a Facebook for that. And it's Bedroom Candy by Kiel, K-E-A-L. She has a website for that. She has um, email addresses. So I'm going to make sure I have it all there for you. Please hit up all three of her businesses if they interest you. And I'm sure if you follow these, you can find out even more of what's going on. She does also, at, for as a, um, a consultant, she goes to different pop-ups. So check out her page and you'll be you'll know where she'll be so you can get some stuff in person. She's oh, in the wow. Atlanta, Georgia area. Wow, yeah, so, she hustling. I love yeah, it. Yeah, she really is. Thank you so much, Makila, for allowing us to spotlight you and keep doing what you're doing, girl. You are very inspiring to be girl, you a teacher and you got three jobs, <laughs> girl. You are every woman. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Okay, so on to the muse segment. Um, we're going to do a water playlist. What do I mean by water? Songs that remind you of waves coming in the ocean, a waterfall, things that put you in the mind frame of seeing water flowing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna have Zillow. Uh, the foreign exchange and then I'm going to have a couple of uh, rhythmic water instrumentals an example would be from Caleb Belkin who is a really good chill hop instrumentalist Mm. so I'm really excited about this this what I gotta give credit this was Tay's idea oh yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was and I'm I'm, I was rolling with it it took me some time to make it but (laughs) Took like a couple weeks, but I knew exactly what she meant. So it's like the I really playlist it, of the season. Yeah, this, it pretty it much encompasses is. the season. That's exactly what it is. It's the playlist of the season. So I'm just really excited for that. And y'all need to listen while y'all Make do sure. y'all yoga, go to sleep. This is this is probably great sleeping music, honestly. Yeah. It's Tag not us. too fast paced. And make please sure tag, tag us. us if you're listening to it. Make your video or whatever. If you just post it on your page, tag us and tell them where you found the music at. Like, just let us know. We really appreciate that. Truly, yes. And lastly, we're going to announce our poll. So we have three topics as usual. It will be on Instagram and Twitter. The first topic. I hope y'all don't hear my nails because I, I'm I talking and I'm clicking. Girl, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> <sure to tell. laughs> I'm clicking my damn nails. But anyway, Not the whole time. Okay, but. okay. If y'all hear tapping, that's my nails. I'm sorry. I got 
good ghetto tendencies. That's all right. All right. So the first one is green lighting abuse in relationships. And you, if you guys don't know, because I was confused with green lighting, but green lighting is basically when you give the green light to something. You say, okay, you can do that. It's a go. Ways that you kind of enable something or enable abuse mm-hmm. in relationships. The second one is colorism, exhaustion, child. exhaustion, <laughs> snoring. And then the last one is the trauma Olympics. Okay. The Olympics in Wimbledon. Yes. <laughs> like, trauma Olympics a- is like, oh, you went through that? Oh, nah, I did that. That was way worse. Example. Right, right. Comparing the traumas. Mm-hmm. So I think like these are some great topics. Let us know through the poll on Instagram and Twitter. It's going to drop on Friday. Let us know when you or which um topic that you want to hear us talk about next. And also too, if there's a topic that we talked about before or we had on our poll and you liked it, we are we can always recycle those topics. We're gonna to talk about all the stuff, but let us know through our polls which one you like the best. And that's the one we'll talk about. So thank you guys for listening to our episode five. We're halfway through the season. Yes, we are. We are and I do wanna to announce to you guys right now that we are going to take a mid season break. Mm-hmm. So we'll be off for two weeks. We're gonna, you know, mental health. Yeah, we're gonna take a break and we'll be back after those two weeks um to start back on episode six in the second half of the season. So you won't hear from us in a minute after this, but we'll you know let y'all know and you know go listen to your other podcasts you like (laughs) and stuff like that. But (laughs) or replay ours or replay ours. We got a whole season one, ten episodes you can listen to. So thank you guys for listening to episode five. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.